1: Hey, bucko, it's me, Whitney. Bap, bap, bap. I'd like to talk to you about Catalina Crunch. It's absolutely delicious. Most zero sugar food doesn't taste delicious, but Catalina Crunch really nailed this, knocked it out of the park. Zero sugar, low carb, keto friendly. They've got eight crave worthy flavors to choose from, like the nostalgia inducing cinnamon toast, decadent dark chocolate, and creamy chocolate. Peanut butter. See why Catalina Crunch cereal is the fastest growing cereal brand in America. I'm trying so hard not to uh, make a joke or go on a tangent. Just go to CatalinaCrunch.com/slash Whitney for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. That's CatalinaCrunch.com/slash Whitney. Not sure which flavor to start with? Try a variety pack, girl, and check out their delicious cookies and snack mixes while you're at it, bro. Again, that's CatalinaCrunch.com/slash Whitney for 50% off your first order plus free shipping, and Megan Fox eats it. So don't be silly. Hello! The episode y'all have been waiting for since I started this podcast is finally here. Uh, I finally uh, found my straightener and was able to make my hair look cute enough to have Dr. Quan Stewart on the show. The most, I think, requested uh, guests that we get are like, when are you going to have a veterinarian on? When are you going to have a veterinarian on? My thing with veterinarians is either I don't trust them or I'm dating them. So uh, (laughs) it's sometimes hard to find the perfect person, but um, I will let you explain how we met. Um, I got wildly lucky, and uh, as someone that uh, is known by most vets in the Southern California area, uh, I got to meet you, and it was kind of a magical thing i got very lucky and got to meet you uh but i'm gonna let you speak yeah. and say i always ask people when they first come on are we friends and how did we meet
2: to clear something up where <laughs> you don't you, what you don't trust me or are we dating Which? One <laughs> is-
1: <laughs> well i only date people i don't trust and i
2: trust you okay. so but i met your boyfriend bummer. just now yes yes so yeah i'm in the I Don't trust me. I hope you, we've, I, we've earned some trust there right over the years. I want to argue hard for reverse Mormon religion.
1: Why can't one woman have three husbands if men can have three wives?
2: <laughs> is he listening right now?
1: <laughs> He'd be psyched. This is going to be
2: awkward. I'm going to have to go out so, and say goodbye. I saw,
1: I saw you, talk, when he saw you talking to me, I watched him walk up and just go, like, I'm going to let him take this one. <laughs> He would love to pawn me off on someone, maybe not sexually, but just to listen to me uh, ramble. No, but um, uh, we met in a in a. I, I honestly don't was, even remember. It was through a giraffe. It was through. A, <laughs> right? Was, Do you remember it, this now? I remember all of it. I cannot remember who put me in touch with Brandon you. McMillan. That's right. Brandon, uh, yeah. So Brandon McMillan, um, who helped me when my dog, uh, when my dog was bitten off, when my ear was bitten off by a dog. The other thing happened a couple times too, but um, my ear was bitten off by a dog. That I had rescued, and it was not aggressive. It was trying to play with me. It was a very, you know, traumatized dog that I had just gotten from a shelter. I made the mistake of allowing it to be dominant with me and sleep with me because I felt sorry for it and I was letting it lick my face. And and then I got up and he just grabbed my ear, and my ear just came off my head. And once the ear was sewn back on my head, I really wanted to find out, what do I, uh, the, if I need to put this dog down, I'm the first to do it. If this is, if it's going to do it to a child or another dog, the, ba- the worst thing for pit bulls is that there's more stories about people getting injured by pit bulls if this is a lost cause. And I go to Brandon McMillan, who does an aggression test with the dog. Mm-hmm. It's really intense to watch, but he puts two leashes on it and basically puts in a situation where it's cornered, where it would have to defend itself, and it just like cowered and was terrified. And he's like, this dog's not aggressive. So we were able to rehome it. And so I love him.
2: Yeah, so you survived that. that, Yeah. And it's credit to you because most people, one, would have never wanted to go around a dog again and probably would have wanted to put the dog down. And had everyone around them, you need to put the dog down. But you, obviously, you're more educated.
0: The it's always the right time deal. Hey, want to go to Mickey D's for lunch? Ooh, let's go now. (laughs) But it's not lunchtime yet. If we're going to McDonald's, it's always the right time. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. There's a deal for every lunch hour at McDonald's. Now's the time to get two for $3.99. Mix and match a four-piece McNuggets, a McDouble, a McChicken, or a hot and spicy McChicken. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. There were
1: fires in California, the Woolsey Fires, a couple years ago. And my kink... Uh, my little secret hobby is uh whenever i'm not doing this or working or doing stand-up i am just trying to dismantle exotic animal abusers in businesses and if i haven't come for you yet i will uh it is a mental illness i'm very committed to and proud of <laughs> and the, the for me the exotic animal stuff and you saw me like for, you know try to get a giraffe they didn't because if you have exotic animals you shouldn't by the way there should be no private ownership of exotic animals. It's always abuse, any apex predators. If you're touching any apex predators, it's abuse. Lions, tigers, or bears because they had to be taken from their mom too young. And it's amazing to me that people can't go, oh my God, I'm holding a baby tiger. And then what's the number one scariest animal when they're a mother of their cubs? Like, do you think that the tiger was just like, yeah, take my cubs. Please take selfies with my cubs in Thailand for these stupid influencers. I'm getting over so overwhelmed because I have so much to say about this, but I need to stop talking. Yeah. About it?
2: You know, so you know, I was in the movie industry. Yes. And I have some thoughts. So we we can touch on this in anyway, a minute because it, it is a big subject and yes. you're very passionate. I know. And I'm like I'm, ask, like
1: I'm like I start shaking yeah, when I talk about it.
2: And you're gonna ask me to leave in a minute because our time is gonna be up. And yeah. No, no. 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 We not. haven't even got through how we met because
1: it's also just the last thing. I just feel the need to like explain myself only to you because I'm like I'm like I feel like he thinks I'm so crazy because I was running around trying to save a giraffe. Like that was a very intense. Like you saw me. I mean that was like a six seven month thing. Yeah, and right. it did. It is gone now. You know what I mean? And because. Anytime there is exotic animal trafficking or animal abuse, there's always some kind of other abuse or crime going on, whether it's drug trafficking, human trafficking, or arms dealing. So for me, part of the reason I say if there's a lion in that guy's backyard— there's definitely some Thai girls in the basement. Yeah, he's, like, he's, you know he's what I mean?
2: connected five ways to some kind of crime.
1: Exactly. Like nobody is like abusing animals and then they're like cool to women and children. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I'm always like, this is a symptom of a bigger thing. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I just, I get so, when people just want to go like, why is she so obsessed with zebras? It's like, it's not about, <laughs> there's more going on there. So
2: So now that you're sweating.
0: I'll,
1: <sighs> oh, cause I was like, okay. keep it short. And my brain, when I, when I, talk about that. I just, I know I get very overwhelmed and I was like, keep it short, but let me uh, ask you. Okay. So that's how we met. You were so kind to me and patient with me, even though you're like
2: this. Well, I didn't even, I mean, i had heard of you. And so Brandon gets me on the phone and says, I, I have a friend who's sort of in crisis mode about this giraffe dealing with fire. Can you talk to her? And you just come <laughs> on and start talking. I didn't, I didn't, you know, he said it, it's a friend of mine, Whitney, and i was like i got
1: all the documents i got just, all the deed i've got the deed to the house it's
2: like i i held the phone from my head for about i have drone 30 footage 30 minutes and you just went with it and and no and i you know one i was just an here to listen and two i think hopefully i gave you some advice and we got through it you're right you stayed on it for six months until that thing was fixed and i was like this she is on another level you are when it comes to this stuff and it's impressive it's impressive the cool thing about when we met is we'd never actually obviously met in person. We were talking on the phone three-way with Brandon, and I was in San Diego, and you were on tour, and that very night, you just happened to be in San Diego, and I don't know how I found that out. La
0: Jolla, La Jolla. that's right.
2: And I think I texted you and said, hey, we were talking earlier, you're here. Do you mind if I come to your show? And you put me right up at the front, we met, you you know, give me a big hug. And we've been fast friends ever since.
1: That is so true. And also I think that, you know, for everyone tuning in, that is like, oh, I get to hear a vet talk for the next couple hours. Um, hopefully I'm able to get to everybody's questions. Um, there was a, there's a calmness to you. And there is a, um, there's just, it, there's, a, is this something you've always had? Because sometimes you go to a vet and the energy of the, you're like, I already, this is already, I'm already so stressed out that this person is now, this woman's coming in in high heel clogs and she's got a bedazzled laminate when, in her, you know, and you're just like, why is your hair down? You're, are you getting hair in my dog's spleen when you're, you're doing surgery with your hair down? Like, there's just some, you know, things will happen that will, like, you have this, such a calm, and did you always have this? Um,
2: or was it a result of being a vet or I is that my why? My brother was sitting there looking at me funny. I don't, I mean, I, no. I, I think um when I was young I had I was a little bit of the class clown. I wanted to stand out. And and, and part of the reason that and, and this is this is touching on some personal history, is I'm I'm biracial. My dad's black, my mom's white, and I grew up in the seventies at a time when I just look weird to everybody else, right? It was me who had the funky hair that didn't lay down right. Didn't, it was always in the middle stage of growth and had braces. I was really, really thin, and I just got teased a lot. That You know, back in the 70s, like, bullying was an art form, right? Do you remember, like, kids could just beat you up with words. As soon
1: as you said you were skinny, I was like, oh, he was in a couple lockers. I mean, we used to—people yeah. would put me in lockers. <laughs> I was in a locker for like 4 hours. like the kids I feel like
2: are are it's not the same level of bullying it used to be. You're yeah, you're going to bring back traumatic memories, but it was it was through high school. I had this I didn't kiss my first girl until my senior year and it was it was rough mm-hmm. and then I finally came into my own. Um so I think the only way when I was at age was to get any attention mm-hmm. from girls was as like Costanza said like you know I got I had to develop a personality. You just went, I got to become a vet. Yeah, I I got (laughs) to do something because this isn't working, man. I got to get a date eventually. Um, But, you know, it's funny. When I entered college and started to come into my own, I, yeah, I I have a much more sort of level, balanced demeanor. And then I've I've been in this field, Whitney, for 25 years. And I've done emergency work. And I've seen, I have seen it all. I was a shelter vet. I've seen puppies come in in barrels that were dropped in the local river with the top hammered shut so they could suffocate as they floated down. I mean, I've seen some horrific things. And when you're in these moments, you have to manage your team. And if you're falling apart, mm-hmm. then, then your team picks up on your energy and they they go haywire. So it's just, you know, it's it's time and seeing a lot of things, good things, but really bad things. Because you, you do start to lose a little bit of your faith in People and humanity. When you see some of the things they're capable of, especially to, to little innocent kittens and puppies.
1: Isn't that like the number one way you're able to tell like a kid is a sociopath or a psychopath? Is yeah. when they
2: mistreat or abuse, put
1: the, you know battery acid on a dog and set it on fire or whatever. Mm-hmm. Did you see Making of a Murder?
2: Uh, I did. Remember that documentary that went yeah, on and yeah. on? And that was yeah. And then they came out with a part two. I did. Yeah, they
1: spend ten hours trying to figure out if this guy's guilty.
0: Six hours
1: in, we read from his uh, his girlfriend's g- journal, or someone was like, "Oh yeah, one time when he was a kid, he threw a cat into a, fi- a lit fireplace, and it ran out, and
2: he threw it again." I'm like, "That's done. It's a wrap. The right? show's over." Yeah, we know.
1: There's four more episodes after this. Like yeah. we're do- like we're done here.
2: Why didn't you lead with that? Like why well, <laughs>
1: well, you just wasted six hours? From my- I, I could have told you this guy was fucking guilty if you just like let me talk to his childhood vet. I could have told you. You know, <laughs> so it's uh that's something that that uh, you know. I went into um, the, uh, Access Wooden Hills, uh, bef- it was before the pandemic, and there was a sign that said, you know, to people in the lobby, basically, saying like, hey, we love being your family vet, and just FYI, one out of six veterinarians contemplate suicide. It was like a be gentle, like, because I'm always the bitch that's in the lobby, like, telling people, like, do not talk to her like that, you cannot, they're very stressed out, like, because it's like... You know, the way, it's also the way that you see people at their worst, even when they're not bad people, and then you see bad people do horrible things.
2: Yeah, so I'm glad you brought this up because I get this a lot, right? Our, our suicide rate, um, it's, it's funny. I was at a bar one time with a friend, and uh, her friend comes up to meet me, and she said, oh, I heard you were a vet. Uh, I said, yeah. She's, the first thing she said, I've never met this woman in my life. And she says, you guys have like a really crazy high suicide rate. That's how she opened the conversation. And I said, yes. In vet I, offices
1: now, it's all over the lobbies. What's that? In vet offices now,
2: oh, in, that, in
1: emergency rooms and stuff, it's all over the lobbies.
2: And it's a, I, I've given this thought, and I'll tell you, when I was doing the shelter work, um, this was about 10 years ago, I was a shelter vet for five years. I hit a low too. And I was euthanizing 30 to 40, up to 50 during cat season, dogs and cats before 10 a.m a lot of them healthy and you know, it, it, it killed my soul. I, there was a moment where I thought about getting out of the profession. I felt a low, but again, I would go into work because I'm leading this team. I felt like I had to put on this good face, but there were many moments I had to go out and take a walk and like I would tear up and I mm-hmm. back in, and all right, let's go girls. We got the afternoon. Let's do this. But it, it started to destroy me. And you know, here's the thing about veterinarians. We, you talk about, if you ask most animal people veterinarians, why did you go in the profession? What, what what drove you? One of the first things a lot of them will tell you is, it's to because, get I, I, hate, <laughs> it's because I, I hate dealing with people. Like it was either medical school or veterinary school, but I don't want to deal with people, so I'm going to go treat animals. The sad thing is, or funny thing is, we end up dealing with people, and sometimes very erratic people, just as much or more in the veterinary field. Mm-hmm. But the, you know, going back to why why. Why is our rate so high? And I, my theory is this. You get people that, since they were kids, have loved animals, mm-hmm. right? And, and we're just animal lovers, too, at our core. Um, we're very emotional, um, compassionate people. Then you put us in a profession where we are required, unlike any other profession, to euthanize and destroy our patients Ugh. on a regular basis and then take that home. Of course, over five, ten, fifteen, twenty years you're gonna feel the burnout.
1: And then how many people do you have to give bad news to during yeah, the day? So
2: I'm yeah, I'm sitting in front of in front of, you know, the pet parents and you know, they've lost a family member they've had for fifteen years. I'm trying to counsel them. Meanwhile, I'm going through my own thing. If I you know, if this is a patient of mine that has now become like my own pet, for fifteen years I've seen it through many things and then I'm having to put the needle in it.
1: I have never thought about that before. I've literally never thought about that.
2: Which part? That?
1: Well, just the fact that oh my gosh, just the fact that like the vet that treats my dogs has an attachment to my animals. Like it didn't even occur. Like it didn't even occur to me that a lot of the vet the the in my brain it's just like a dog just got hit by a car and you have to put it down. It's like it's also the ones that you've been seeing its whole life.
2: Yeah, I'm not a cold robot. I've
1: never thought about that before, and I am gonna hold it together.
2: When when you grow up loving animals, and I have to see the light go out of the eyes of this dog, this dog that's meant everything to you. Wow. And then I have to go back and have my moment. Yeah. And go back to work and then do the puppy exam right after. Like, it is this rise and fall of emotions, and it's tough, man. And then, you know, on top of it, I've had many years where I've dealt with insomnia, and, of course, that that mix doesn't help. So, you know, we we go through it. And,
1: um, and let me ask you really quick, because, right, that made me think of just one thing, and I'm going to try to um, – distract myself from the sadness that will never stop if I think about that more, especially since uh, since you're my friend and I love you so much. Thinking about you having to do that now is making me like very sad. Um, but uh, but um, in addition to all that, the uncomfortable thing to talk about is that a lot of times there's a way to fix a dog or save a dog or something and, and a lot of people can't afford it. Which just brings me to pet insurance, guys. Get your pet insurance. Got it.
2: So you're a big advocate for that.
1: I mean, I don't have it. It's too, I'm too far gone. I can't get it now, <laughs> but I could for a new pet. But from what I understand, it's really helpful for
2: people. I don't think it's help. It works for dental at all, but. And de- there, there are some packages that are more comprehensive than others. And I'm, yeah, I'm surprised you brought it up because I think that is the solution. So going back to the other, you touched on it. The other major thing I have to deal with is telling someone, I can't treat your pet because you don't have money. So the, the devastation on their eyes when they've come in and it's just, it's just an accident. When
1: you get a dog or cat, it's not about if, it's about when. Yeah. So you paying that $30, $40 a month for your pet insurance, you know, there will be a two $4,000 bill, whether it's, Next living. week, because there were a car came by and you left the gate open, or if there's cancer in the future, there's just no or some sort of cardiac disease. Something
2: is going to happen. There's down no the way road. you're going to need a
1: prescription. You're going to need a whatever it is, and a lot of them include vaccine stuff, which I want to talk to you about in a second. Um And uh there's no reason to not get it. Just if you if you cannot afford the thirty dollars a month for the pet insurance, just don't get a dog. Wait till you can, get
0: because
2: that will change right. your life. And and. More times than I can count, I've had to tell somebody Mm -hmm. in that moment because I'm not the practice owner. Maybe I'm an associate, Mm -hmm. and I have to tell that person it it comes down to business decision. I more than I want to. This is what I can do. I can alleviate the suffering, and I can triage your pet. But this broken femur that's going to cost twenty five hundred dollars. I just that I can't do. And then what happens is they blame me. Of course, you're. You're gonna, you're gonna let my dog die. Of course. You're gonna kill my dog, and that's, and then I carry that home with well, me. Well, see,
1: that, that is. Totally unfair, and I understand being in grief and needing someone to blame to feel better. But the 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 vet is not the person to do that to. It drives me nuts, and it's like yelling at the flight attendant because the plane's sitting on the tarmac for forty minutes. Like she has, no, like this isn't her fault. You know, you're just yelling at an innocent person who's already in pain about this. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I'm already in a situation where I have to l- deliver you bad news and cannot save this patient
2: because you as you much know, as I want to. But here's the honestly. other thing:
1: I'm the bitch who'll go. Oh, you have a $2,500 breeder dog, but no health insurance for this dog. And then you're going to say you can't afford it. Stop buying dogs. Yeah. How about that? How about rescue a dog, tr- use some money to train it, do whatever you need to do, and then get pet insurance so when something bad happens, you actually can pay for it.
2: Yeah. I just jumped on board with a big pet insurance um, company here called Fetch. And I i am a huge advocate of retaining pet insurance. And the other thing is... Um, not optional. Yeah, right. And it's a trickle-down effect. Then we spread it out, of course. Mm-hmm. Some people are going to use it more than others. But everybody gets the care. And I mm-hmm. don't have to be the bad guy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple things. Also, it's like, I, I just think it's important. Like, And this is part of the reason we're doing this podcast. And I think we should do it kind of regularly. Because I guess for someone that spends so much time in vet offices with veterinarians, like in the animal world, like, I'm like, oh, I thought this was like common knowledge. I guess there's a lot of stuff that people don't have time to know, you know, or don't have time to learn. And if they don't, they're just going to go on the internet and get some answer that's not true or some silly shit. So that's why I want to go through a couple things that I think are like commonly misunderstood uh, things and also um, a couple like life vet hack sort of things. So let me ask you, what do you feel like are the most preventable things that
2: you see? Well, I can start by telling you. That are the owner's fault. What are the most common things we see in the yard? ER? We could yeah. we could probably reverse engineer that. Yes. Yeah. So um dog fights, we see a mm-hmm. lot on emergency. So yeah. you during the summer, dog parks, dogs not trained. No need. I, I'm not a big dog park person. Okay. There's just no right. need. This guy is not neutered, this one's not neutered. They're not really trained. Dog fight, I see them. People
1: are flirting, talking, yeah. they're on their phones filming. I've seen it all. I've yeah. I the number of Buttholes. Uh, I've had to put my finger in in dog parks to try to get
2: dogs to stop fighting. That's what. You, that's your method. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's a. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you can grab them from the the
2: hind legs. The hind legs. That's what you're supposed to. But
1: do. if you're, <laughs> oh no, I do it after, just later, just for fun. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. <laughs> to show his boss. And that's just to
2: relax. All right. <laughs> but you do, you start by grabbing the legs. Yeah, you
1: start by grabbing, but you have to have someone else grabbing legs of the other one. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. And so that,
2: I'm glad you know that. So in the shelter, and not a lot of people do, they want to mm-hmm. go up and try and kick them or put their hands in the middle and they get tore up. You are supposed to, and I had to do this two dozen times plus in the shelter. And this pit mm-hmm. bulls going at it in these small cages. I have to send one person in with me, mm-hmm. and at the same time, we each, for anyone who's wondering how you really break up a dog fight, you each grab the hind legs mm-hmm. at the same time, and you just sort of jerk them or drag them. Yes. Pull them away. And so that they,
1: they're basically off the ground entirely. Yeah. You know, essentially. And then sometimes I'll grab two and just, because usually. And then you, you'll put
2: the finger, finger in. Finger in
1: the butt, because then they'll whip around. They really want you to You know what I mean? Right. Yeah.
2: Dog fight's preventable. Yes. Use a leash, train your dog, get them neutered take precautions. And right? if your dog Simple.
1: does not stop what it's doing as soon as it hears its name, it's not a dog park dog. So I, mm-hmm. I had to send my dogs to uh, 28 days of impulse control training so that it was whatever they're doing, whether they're chasing a squirrel and I say their name, they stop. Like if they're that distracted and have that much dopamine and like ancestral mm-hmm. drive, they still stop. Mm-hmm. And if they don't, they didn't, don't get to go to the dog
2: park. Yeah, no dog park. So that's preventable. So I see that a lot. Number two, common thing number two, Toxicities, food. We can talk about, you know, food toxicity, and you can look all that up. There's chocolate and onions. Chocolate and, is it
1: just because of the? Is it? It's not because of the dairy and chocolate. It's because of the the caffeine.
2: A, no, there's a toxic element called uh, theobromine. That it's an ingredient, a name you don't have to remember, but okay. there is something in chocolate. Okay. And it's in higher quantities in dark chocolate. Interesting. Lower qu- quantities in milk chocolate. And okay. Almost zero in white chocolate. So it is this element. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So chocolate. Also, but,
1: don't feed your dog white chocolate.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, don't do it for fun. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it's it shouldn't have a toxic event. But uh, yeah, so onions, garlic, mushrooms. There's a list of stuff you can. Mm-hmm. And there's an acronym sometimes I use, it's somewhat easy to remember, is Mom Gang X. That contains a lot of the toxic foods. And this acronym, Mom, Gang, X. X. Yeah. What's wait? Let me start with the X. X is xylitol. So, <gasps> Whoa! Yeah, you'll see that in gum, macadamia nuts. Oh, macadamia nuts! Never uh-huh. would have gotten that. Okay. Gang G. Think of can you think of a
1: ganja? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I didn't put that in there? But yes.
1: <laughs> Green peppers.
2: Um, it's uh, it's it's not a spice, but it's it it, it it's gonna make your breath smell bad. You, you don't want to eat it before you're gonna go make out with your, your guy. Garlic! Yeah, oh, yes. All right. I got you there. Well, I
1: only date vampires, so. Okay.
2: Um, Garlic A. 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 Avocado. We don't see that as much, and it's usually the pit, so that's not a big one. Oh,
1: uh, like they choke on it or something? You chew
2: and choke, and there's, yeah. I know what
1: N is. Nutmeg. Good.
2: All right. G, the last G in gang. Another G? Yeah. Pat? Grapes? Yay! Hey! Ding, ding, ding. What? Grapes and raisins,
1: because of the seeds,
2: huh? Seeds? No, there no, no. There's an element in grapes and raisins that, um geez.
1: oh, like resveratrol. I mean, I, like the skin,
2: the of uh, the skin of it, or something. No, I think it's in the flesh. Uh, um, see, this is where I'll have to like dip back into. So
1: my... no wine. Got it. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't
2: matter why. It like it doesn't. Count. My
1: thing is, it also doesn't matter why. Well,
2: I, I can go into what each one causes, but it, it doesn't. No one's going to remember it, just remembered. Yes, and the, I think the thing that people do is around something like Thanksgiving, a lot of these these are in mom's stuffing, right? Yeah, and so let's look, give the dog some stuffing. They're mm, like
1: raisins, what, nutmeg, oh yeah, wow, onions,
2: and gar- all kinds of things. All and, of it, you know, yeah, all of it. Oh so, my god,
1: moms have been trying to kill the family
2: pet for years. Yeah, <laughs> stuffing yeah, is you, literally yeah, everything yeah, you just said, yeah, it has just except maybe, I don't know, maybe they're putting that's wild, gum in there. yeah, but it so. So that's, people get Thanksgiving, Christmas, these big events. That's why we see a lot of toxicities. Mm. All right. Um, and then what about like bones well, from I mean, giving dog scraps from the table? Like
0: chicken bones? That is the most common
2: sense thing I can think of. And, and yet people do it. Let's Shocking. give my dog this chicken bone and see what happens. And
1: like the small, like a marrow bone, like I often will do like a big marrow bone if my dog's going to be in the crate for a while or something, or yeah. I'm trying to get him like lose some weight and I'm trying to whatever, but, um, or like have a puppy that's teething, but a skinny, like wishbone, tiny bones splinters.
2: is, and it's going to cut the intestine or pierce it and perforate it. And then you're, you're coming in and clogging up. That's a big one, ER. huh? That's a big one. Yeah. Uh, some things that maybe aren't necessarily preventable, but we see quite a bit. Things like seizures. Um, mm. Sometimes it happens as a result of toxicities. Heart disease.
1: Don't blow weed smoke into your dog or cat's face. I shouldn't Comp. have to say this. Comp.
2: Well, maybe you should. Maybe we have to.
1: <laughs> I think I'm saying That's... more for myself than anyone else. But yeah, I, you remind me? I know the temptation. I know what that temptation is. When you're high, you're like... Wouldn't be cool if my dog was high, too? Do you want some of this? Yeah, just like, just, a little, just don't, don't do it. I don't yeah. know how else to say it.
2: The dog is not looking at you saying, don't Bogart the joint, man. The, the,
1: but in your mind, you're like, oh, he wants to be high, too. Whatever your brain is telling you, it's just, put your dog uh, in the crate while you smoke weed. How about that?
2: Do you, do you wake up in the morning with like a checklist of stuff you shouldn't do like that just to remind yourself in the morning, don't blow, go on to tonight, don't?
1: daily Don't reminders chicken love yourself Don't <laughs> chicken life buns. is good do not blow weed smoke into your dog's face um <laughs> but no i mean there for me i do wake up i mean i have you know a, a a i i'm not gonna say how many dogs i have because animal control might be listening but i do wake up every morning i have my coffee and i look around on the floor Are, is there a candle on the floor is there something like i have to look at the floor to see what detritus mm-hmm. could be around you know, lipstick, makeup, something fell out of my purse, or there's like bully sticks, one bully stick is on the floor. And if there's one bully stick and you have three dogs, that could be a dog fight and a heartbeat. You know, it's like, I, if you have animals in your home, you do have to spend a little bit of time doing uh, like- Dog you know, proofing. Do- dog proofing, cat proofing, like hygiene, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Don't be mad that your dog, you know, choked on, th- you know, the wishbone that you left on the floor. Why did you allow that to be on the floor? It's a dog. It's a dog. Dogs are going to eat what's on the floor. It's your job to set the animal up to win.
2: Common sense.
1: Common sense. Come on down. Clean your home, you hoarders. Put it all on shelves the way I do.
2: <laughs> I don't have so many dogs. How dare you?
1: Rude. They're not dogs. They're my children. All right. Sorry. Sorry. Vaccines. I know this is the like most politicized thing in our country right now. Oh, We're yeah. talking about animal vaccines. Here we go. I know. And look, if you don't want to talk about it, Fine, because I know that this is a tricky one. What I would say is we don't, I am, I'm gonna ask. I live in California, Southern California, uh, Arizona, Albuquerque with your brother, San Francisco, Texas. Do I need a Lyme disease vaccine?
2: Maybe. Maybe. So it's case by case. Okay. Here's the advice I would give. And
1: does someone in the Hamptons need a rattlesnake one? You know what I mean?
2: Right. Right. That's a good point. And so, one, the rattlesnake vaccine is sort of hard to get. Yeah. Anyways. um,
1: And getting anti-venom is really hard, right? So, if you live in California and you have a lot of land and you have a dog that's running around sniffing stuff, uh, all dogs, uh, make sure you know where the closest vet to you is that has anti-venom.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because you might take it to a vet and they're like, oh, we have to send you that other vet.
2: Yeah. You're right. So... Um, but and yeah, then, if, if
1: a dog does get bit by a rattlesnake, you pee on the wound.
2: I mean, and put your finger in the rear. <laughs> and sit and pray. You pee
1: on the wound and put a finger in your own butt.
2: Yeah. Well, <laughs> is that what you did? I, okay. Luck. <laughs> Don't
1: check the ring camera. Is all I'm saying.
2: <laughs> this is a time sensitive issue. So if you're doing that, then you're. Getting I have to a- make a phone call.
1: <laughs> I have to be, I'm going to be right back. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um lime all right ticks mm-hmm. so again if you're in a tick endemic area mm-hmm. you're going to the mountains we see more lime in northern california um look the, you're right the vaccine issue it's sensitive i i'll get in the room and i just feel like how am i going to avoid talking mm-hmm. about this without touching on covid right because yeah every, right it's it's so red yeah. and blue and yeah. political and and now they're, you know, I have people, clients saying, "Well, I just don't want to over vaccinate my dog," mm-hmm. and that's fair. I mean, we've been over vaccinating dogs and cats for Correct. a very long time with good intentions, like with obviously I, like, good intentions. Yeah, yeah,
1: like it's like yeah, rabies stuff like that. Like that was all very important. But now I just feel like there's, and this could be me projecting. I mean, there just feels like a little bit of a racket. That's like because with horses, you have to be very careful. You can't give a lot of vaccines at once; they can colic. So I always just want to challenge and go. Just given my dog's lifestyle, exactly is this something necessary? So right. if you have a dog park dog, a hunting dog, a dog that's outside on a farm all day, by all means, line. But like, if you're living in an apartment in New York City or Albuquerque or apartment living, is that a different situation? Do you know?
2: Yeah. And so you really just have to kind of lean on your vet. Um, mm-hmm. I... <laughs> Earlier in my career, I used to run vaccine clinics in Southern Cal. You used to
1: run vaccine clinics?
2: Vaccine clinics. So this is where you sort of, you know. (laughs) Cool. She sat up like, this is, what is this? Cool. I know.
1: I just love talking to, like, really smart, brilliant people that just say something so casually. Like, I used to run a vaccine clinic. You're like, what? Like, that's just a wild thing to me.
2: Well, I I worked for a company, and I was, um, you know, CMO, chief medical officer, and we ran 50 vaccine clinics in, like, three different states. And it's, it, you it's not the craziest concept. You go to Petco on a Saturday yeah. morning and there's a line of 30 people with their dogs and they're there to get inexpensive vaccines. I didn't have time to really educate these people. and was just like, you, of you, course. Give, them, you give them everything. You give them everything. This little poodle comes up and I, I don't have time to get a history mm-hmm. and really, you know, dig into what your lifestyle mm-hmm. is. It should be case by case. Yeah. And that's where it's gone. I'm not saying vaccine clinics are bad, but you need to be able to have your doctor's ear mm-hmm. for five minutes to explain yeah. this is what they can be exposed to. That's what they're at risk for. We're about to get into the feeding issue, which is way more uh, flammable than the
1: vaccine yes, is. <laughs> uh, issue, which is, you know, I, I'm i the person that loves my animal so much. And I'm, and I'm one of those people that because, I you know, I don't have biological children yet. And when a new food fad comes out, I'm like... I'll do it. I'll like, absolutely. So the raw food came out and the whole thing with raw food was like, uh, it's amazing how we're just going back to Amish. Like the new, the most modern thing you can do right now is just be an Amish. When everyone's like, we're using charcoal toothpaste now. It's like, we have, why are we undoing progress? (laughs) Like, I do feel like there's a couple We're like raw food. It's like, you know, I think there's something in our brains that's like, oh yeah. Like There's no chemicals, and it's all natural. Like, you don't even think about why they stopped doing raw food back then. (laughs) You know what I mean? Sepsis. Germs. Germs. Yeah, 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 your dog can get get bacteria and sepsis. You know, it's it's actually really dangerous to feed raw food diets like that. I mean, I'm sure there is an iteration that— is uh not black and white where you can do sometimes under certain conditions but if you just have a bunch of meat in the freezer for a year and are like de and giving your, there's only a matter of time before yeah.
2: so so no raw food diets if anyone's wondering because inevitably if you're preparing your own home diet you're gonna screw it up mm-hmm. eventually yeah right and you're also exposing yourself to a bunch of raw meat and you know i've i've, I've heard of people getting salmonella themselves mm-hmm. or you know not got this stuff you put a black light on you'd see fingerprints of you know, raw meat all over the counter. So, yeah, you have to be careful. And so, no no, no raw diets. We've gotten away from that. That was a fad. The other one you're about to mention is the grain-free. And I didn't know that two of your dogs were mm-hmm. being treated for cardiac disease because Correct. you bought into the whole grain-free train. Yes,
1: I did. So, five, six years ago, the whole grain— because I think a big mistake pet owners make is we go, oh, this is good for humans— I'm gonna treat my dog the way I would treat myself. Like when people, you know, wanna say like grain-free. People humans are starting to go grain-free because th- 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 that w- evolved for different things, have completely different needs, <laughs> like you know, and it's it's almost like just a narcissistic, maybe just like ignorant or wishful thinking thing of like, oh yeah, grain-free. Like that's a trend. Gluten free. That's what we do. No, it's, it's like good for me. It's yeah, good. no. Like they evolved. Right. They need the is it the thiamine or the thiamine that's in it?
2: Well, there's a number of amino acids they need. the The problem is the the grain, the legumes that they've replaced it with have some effect on cardiac function. Mm-hmm. And you know this now.
1: Yes. Yeah, so so, uh, Dr. Waterman, love you. Uh, comes in. I have a dog that is. 6 and 8 and she's like this is it breaks my heart I've she's it's she's like I see this all the time people did grain free diets they started doing it 5 6 years ago and dogs are coming in uh with like thinning of the lining of the heart and uh, I've one on pimobendan and one on sotalol and they're on them for life uh because I was feeding these like natural diets that were quinoa and and some chicken but like peas and carrots which people just throw in to make it look appealing or just like look cute you know what i mean and uh in your brain you're like oh this must be healthy beans peas and lentils is the worst thing for your dog's heart over time
2: yeah run from those
1: no beans peas or lentils
2: you see those ingredients and then it's basically stripping other things that your Mm -hmm. dog really needs
1: and to that to your point when a dog doesn't or cat we need to start i need to say dogs and cats um i just assume cats don't need anything from anyone at any time I assume they cook their own meals. Like I have no clue if they need any help. But when an animal, uh, in general, is lacking in a vitamin, a mineral, they'll usually go get it sort of themselves. That's why you see horses eating poop. When uh, your a dog is eating poop or grass, isn't assuming it's not a puppy or just a, you know an anxiety thing or like they were homeless and just learned to do that. Isn't it normally them trying to uh, get vitamins that they're not getting out of their diet?
2: Or sometimes. Um, minerals, nutrients they're not absorbing in their diet and they're trying to, <laughs> trying to recycle. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, it can be for a number of reasons. Sometimes grass, dogs have this, this bad habit of just eating grass and it, it may not actually signal something. So I don't always get excited about dogs eating grass, but sometimes eating their own poop, then yes, it's something, some, we need to sit down and talk about diet and, and what you're feeding. And mm-hmm. it's, I, you know, I go to the pet store and shop for my own dog I have one dog and got her from the shelter about a year ago. Name and I, Cora, beautiful little husky shepherd. Oh, um, real quick, I spayed her two days ago. Um, so finally, got my own dog in, opened up my um, clinic in San Diego, Papaya, and training my staff. And I said, as our first surgery, we're going to bring in Cora, and we're just gonna we're gonna do a dry run with my own dog. But I. So I was a shelter vet. As you know, Whitney, I've done over 10,000 spades and neuters. Like that is, if I have one strength, I can whip through a spade and a neuter and navigate any number of emergencies or problems. Can or, you tie my tubes? It, it'd probably take me three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so Cora
1: comes in. you have to scoop out all the dead I eggs first. I just need
2: like a spoon.
0: And <laughs> the it's always the right time deal. Hey, want to go to Mickey D's for lunch? Ooh, let's go now. <laughs> but it's not lunchtime yet.
1: taking a little break from Dr. Kwan Stewart. Do not use this opportunity to go DM him and ask him on a date. I mean you can if you want to, but I would like you to if you're going to if you're going to do that, consider a pair of Rothys for mm-hmm. your first date with Dr. Stewart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every time I've ever gone on a date, I wear the wrong shoes. Mm-hmm. I wear wedges, I'm doing an espadrille, I'm mm-hmm. in the heels. Mm-hmm. I'm like Bambi on ice. I've got blisters. <laughs> my toes are bleeding. Hot take, men don't love bloody toes. Not even the foot fetish guys. Dry blood looks like fungi. So mm-hmm. Rothy's, can I tell you something? I, the fact that these haven't always existed make me crazy because not only are these the most, these are the most comfortable flats I've ever worn. I don't wear flats because they mm-hmm. rub the my side toe yep. and I am... Uh, I, your
3: side, your hammer toe? My hammer, that?
1: okay, easy. It's... Uh, <laughs> I believe the medical term is hammer toe. Okay, I don't want our, uh, uh, MC Hammer <laughs> Coming suing after us. I mean, I got that liability insurance. So you know what? Yes, I have hammer toe. It's hammer time all the time over here. And... These shoes, I'm going to be straight with you. They're not only like cute. I think Angelina Jolie like wore these to the airport. It was like a whole thing. Mm-hmm. I wore them around
3: Disney World. I didn't get one blister. By
1: the way, that is honestly a shoe you can wear to Disney World yep. with no socks. That is actually the greatest endorsement. Yep. I have never not been bleeding at Disney World. Yep. And that is a that I mean, is the name still, of my next special. Ble- <laughs> I'm
3: still bleeding because I have been out of my period for six months, but I was not bleeding on my feet. You bled your period all over Disney World? Sure did. Well, at least you. <laughs> <laughs> And that means we're running out of time. April is Earth Month. I mean, no,
1: literally, it means you're perishing. Literally, I'm perishing.
3: (laughs) April is Earth Month. I'm about to return to the Earth. And that means a lot of us are giving a little extra thought to how we treat the planet. When you're wearing Rothy's, your footprint feels lighter than ever. And it's not made of blood. Get $20 off your first purchase today at rothys.com slash Whitney. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash Whitney. And you can put them in the
1: washing machine and they bend in your purse. What? What? Coco Floss. Okay, so... We need to talk about cocoa floss because I had an intervention about a year ago. Uh before we were working before I knew about cocoa floss where I went to the dentist mm-hmm. and I guess I just feel like I floss. Mm -hmm. There's a difference between, like, thinking you floss and actually— You have to floss with intention. If you floss, like, once a month, you're like, yeah, nailed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I used to be the person—so psychotic. I was just not—I didn't develop this as a habit as a kid for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. I used to, instead of flossing, I would just eat an apple. Like in my oh, head. Oh, you like your horse. In That's my, what they
3: do for horses, to clean their teeth. In
1: my head, that like worked. I was like, yeah, I'm my teeth are. Or I would chew gum. An apple a day keeps the dentist away. Such a door. So I I went to the, and my gums were ble- hemorrhaging, bleeding. And I just was like, I don't like any flossers. The plastic ones are terrible mm-hmm, for the environment. Mm-hmm, and they're mm-hmm. such a waste. The right. other ones like cut your finger. They yep. smell disgusting. Yep. And then enter cocoa, cocoa Floss. floss.
3: Coco Floss holds strong, super cleansing and breath-freshening with fragrances like vanilla bean, dark chocolate, and sweet pineapple. Pineapple
1: floss, people.
3: Yes. you. Will, it's like a pina colada. Avoid mass breath by flossing daily. Go to cocofloss.me slash Whitney to get 20% off the four-spool set and free shipping.
1: And they are cute. They're so cute. One little package of floss will ruin your entire bathroom. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, you're just in an ER. It's cute packaging. You can put it out, put it in your purse. Soup's cute. That's cocofloss.me slash Whitney. And the discount will automatically apply to checkout. You can also use floss to cut cakes, but that's a different situation. Mm
3: -hmm. That's C-O-C-O-F-L-O-S dot com. Two S's. Could we scroll up a little?
1: <laughs> we got that part, I though.
3: Well, oh, we you- had to spell it, though. We didn't spell it.
1: Oh, that's C-O-C-O-F-L-O-S-S, Emily, since you thought Floss had one S, dot M-E slash Whitney, and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. God, I love when you make a mistake. I know you Because it never happens. It literally never happens. All orders over $20 ship free in the U.S. See! Oh, we have some shows coming up on May seventh. I'm going to be in Vancouver, British Columbia, at the Vogue Theater. Uh, special taping. I it's not. Spe- it will be special, but it's for my spe- next special. Mm-hmm. May thirteenth and fourteenth at Newark, New Jersey. You heard that right, Victoria Theater at the NJ Pack. I'm not going to be one of those those elitist uh, bumblebrains that only shoot specials in New York and LA. I am going. 40 minutes outside of New York. <laughs> May 20th, I'm going to be at Tyson's Corner, Virginia. That's the D.C. area. I'll mm-hmm. be the Capital One Hall. May 21st, I'll be in Huntington, New York, doing some lols, lols, lols at the Paramount. June 24th, I'm in Calgary, Alberta at Prince Island's Park. Sounds sketchy. I will come and see what's up with this island park. Mm-hmm. June 26th, Toronto, Ontario. I'm going to be the Danforth Music Hall. And then we have some rescheduled shows because a lot of shit hit the fan this past mm-hmm. year. And I'm shooting something, uh, TV show. So we had to move a couple things. So Cincinnati, Ohio, I'll be there uh, September 8th at the Taft Theater. Uh, September 9th, I'm going to be in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Merriam Theater, uh, September 10th, I'll be in Richmond, Virginia. At the National, that's where Emily went to college. Go so Spiders. It, their name are the Spiders. As soon as I said that, I knew I shouldn't have because you were going to. Yeah, that's the our mascot. Spiders? Yeah. You nerds. We're going to give you <laughs> Lyme disease. <laughs> Imagine being the cheerleader. It's like, go. Got in our web. Go spiders! Yeah, (laughs) go spiders! Go spiders! Give them Lyme disease. Go spiders! You're spooky, but some of them are good. Daddy long legs are good. Be a black widow. Kill your husband. Eat your husband. (laughs) What do spiders do? Give them bites. Give them bites. Go spiders! Go spiders! spiders. Build a web. (laughs) (laughs) Oh goodness. Uh, nine people just returned their tickets. <laughs> September twenty fourth, I'll be in Charlottesville, Virginia. Theirs is the Hornets. Nope, Sh- they're the Cavaliers. But the but
3: what's Hornets? Charlotte, Charlotte. North Carolina.
1: But then Charlotte, Charlottesville, Virginia. Charlottesville, Virginia. The Hornets.
3: No, Charlottesville is the UVA is the Cavaliers.
1: Correct. I know. I I know. Dated a UVA guy. I do know that. But. Who are the Hornets? Charlotte Hornets. NBA, right, but that's NBA that's North, N-
3: North Carolina.
1: Because Char- Charlotte. If you ever talk to me like this <laughs> in that tone again. <laughs> Wait, what tone? <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> God, I love when you're wrong. <laughs> I just love the idea of being really wrong and be like, if you ever talk to me like that.
3: <laughs> if you ever embarrass me by you me ever, not knowing the difference. If
1: you ever take that tone with me again.
3: I was like, that's how it's so real for me. I was <laughs> like, this is the line.
1: <laughs> Good Lord. If you ever disagree with me again <laughs> in front of my fans,
3: <laughs> in front of my fans,
1: <laughs> back to, to Dr. Quan. Stu, back to someone who knows what they're talking about at all times. I don't know, but really quick, uh, as you f- uh, uh, remember, just I love that you named your dog. Cora, a lot of people don't understand. You cannot name your dog something that rhymes with a command. So, Bo, stupid. I'm sure your dog's lovely. But when you're at a dog park and someone's like, Bo, Bo, Bo. And I'm like, you named your dog something that rhymes with no. You know how confused your dog is all (laughs) the time? You know what I mean? Like, so that is, like, a big thing to me is the way you name your dog is just really important in terms of, like, the – or cat. Uh, it's safety in the future, you know? So just, like, be mindful of what you name your dog because a lot of people that I see uh, with issues with their dog behavioral issues is that they have dogs' names that rhymes with a command. That's
2: simple. That's common sense. Yeah. You're right. I don't even know if I- – I don't know, don't name your dog shit. Rhymes with sit. I, you bring up <clears throat> cats a lot. I feel like you're down on cats. No,
1: I'm not down on cats. I'm not down on cats. Okay, we got to talk about cats. I know you just got a kitten. Uh, how's Cora doing with the kitten? We're getting there. Okay, so cats. I want to be a cat person. I am. Va- I understand what dogs value, and I understand how to attune to them, and I understand the, their l- language. Of cats and dogs, I'm sorry, of horses and dogs. Cats, I can't, everyone is a completely different cat. There's no common denominator in any of their behavior. They, I just look at cats as like the mean girl in high school that like wouldn't let you sit with them. It makes me insecure. I know you don't need anything from me. I don't know how to get you to like me. And the harder I try, the less you like me, which is like, I'm not like, I just, I need to like meet a cat that that I, sometimes I see those hairless cats and if one of those becomes available for rescue, I'm like, that I could do. Because I, I, you just kind of look like a goblin and, <laughs> and I, I want a goblin. I would love to have a goblin. But cats, I just, I'm not sure. Okay, so I tried to rescue a cat, okay? It's happened a couple times. So Beth Stern is the, the biggest cat rescue person, right? And I'm in New York or like outside New York doing a show and I see cats in this parking lot, like in like hiding in a thing. And I'm like, oh, my God, there's like five cats in there, like homeless cats. We got to get them. And I call Beth and I'm like sending her a video. and I'm like, we got to get over. I've got five cats. I'll put them on Instagram right now. We'll get them homes. And she was like, they probably just live there. Like someone local's feeding them. They're fine. I'm like, well, then why why don't why do we bring them inside ever? Aren't they fine? I'm just confused. I don't know when a cat is needs to be rescued and when it doesn't. Mm. And, like, what's an outside cat? It just It's too confusing for me. There's too many sets of rules I don't understand. One time I stopped to, to rescue a cat on in the Hollywood Hills. I see it at 2 in the morning. I'm coming home from a spot. I had just seen three coyotes at the top of the hill. This older cat that had, like, long hair is just, like, in the middle of the intersection. I jump out of the car. I grab the cat. Like, take it to the 24-hour vet. I go in. And the woman that works there is like, okay, we'll look at the chip, but I I think I know what's going on here. And it calls the woman and the owner is like, the cat's left every night this week. It's just cats, when they're ready to die, they just leave and you never see them again. So every night someone brings the cat back to the vet and it's costing me like $300 a day. Can you just let it go, please? (laughs) And I was like, I don't get... Cats. I don't get. Uh, then the, 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 I was at um, where I uh, used to live. I see a cat on the street and I'm like trying to get it. To, I'm like, oh it's the cat. there's coyotes everywhere. I'm like getting the cat and I get the cat. I bring it in. I like spend a day with it and I'm like, oh my God, maybe I should keep this. This is amazing. I just found this stray cat. So sweet. And then uh the next day I was like, I can't. I have dogs, whatever. I put it on Instagram to go, like, found this cat. Like, like if someone wants it, come, we'll do meet and greets. Twenty minutes later, my neighbor's like, "Did you just put my cat on Instagram?" <laughs> I was like, "Why is it out? Are cats supposed to be out? What are the rules here?" Do you know what I mean?
2: I. What do you want from me? What do you, I want to
1: know. Uh, th- like, because I'm just saying, do I? I would not. Uh, here's the reason I don't think I'm gonna have a cat because I can't let them out because because it, it's too dangerous. But I also can't have them in my house because they'll ruin my house. <laughs> That's where I
2: put it. <laughs> You've, I think you just asked every question that my daughter—the same questions my daughter asked when she got her kitten.
1: No one, no, there's no set of rules uh-huh. with cats. Do yeah. you know what I mean? They can just sit anywhere they want.
2: Are you, do you want me to sell you on cats?
1: But they, they just sit. But have you been to someone's house with a cat? They're like on <laughs> in on bookshelves, like up there above you. Is that I don't. Weird? I don't want to be in a space where there's a an, cat is like could. At any moment, <laughs> just flying squirrel. Like, you're just cool with the five Fly cats girl. up here? <laughs> no one, is everyone just fine? And then they've got their little cat, like um, like, like the roller coaster. Like, they, people, if you're in someone, they have bookshelves that are covered in carpet that are only for the cats. What is that called? Like a play land? For the cats, like a cat
2: tree or cat tree. No. You
1: walk in and they're like, you're like you're just chilling with someone, and you're like, why can't I stop itching my eyes? And you look up, and there's just nine cats in a tree. Like this is this is crazy. I
2: got nothing for you. Whitney. Here's the other thing.
1: Okay, <laughs> I like cats. I think I just need the. Cat. There's a lot of dog breeds that I, I that just aren't for me. You know, like I think everyone's got their thing, and I don't think it's a dog thing or a cat thing. I think it's like. Breeds within dog or cat, so I feel like there is a cat out there for me. (laughs) But this is always what happens, and I can't believe you haven't said this yet because you're you're not this person. Thank God. But everyone says to me about their cat. So go like, I have a cat, but he's like basically like a dog. (laughs) Then why didn't you just get a dog? Like no, but first of all, no, it's not. Like what is that logic? Like
2: you know when you hear that? I think you've just like alienated. 40% 40% of I'm not. your audience. I you, We right talk now? I talk about this all oh, the time. I talk
1: about this all they, the time. St-
2: they still come back for more, huh?
1: Cat people, you guys, I if I need something done, I ask a cat person. They are the most reliable, honest, direct, just cool people I know. I wish I could be a cat person. I think I'm just too insecure. Cuz every time I walks away, I'm like, are you mad? Like, are you why don't you like me? Like they don't they don't like you that much. <laughs> I It's not that I don't like cats. I just don't think they like any of us. And that's I don't want to hold it captive and make it love me if it doesn't want to.
2: You just threw a lot at me. I, I mean, know. Everything.
1: Do you, but do you feel like, you know, cats in general are harder to get love from?
2: Sure. Sure.
1: I need unconditional love. With well, cats, it feels I... conditional.
2: Focker, <laughs> do you have some insecurities? <laughs>
1: The fact that I cannot enjoy, like, the amazing, magical properties of cats because they hurt
2: my feelings is so pathetic. You're never going to get over that. I just stick, <laughs> stay in your lane. I, that's my advice. Because here's
1: what I'll say. I can go to anybody's house. I can I can come meet Cora. Within two minutes, Cora will be your very best, into me, mm-hmm. my best friend. And you'll be like, yeah. cats? I, I can't.
2: This almost feels like a project I need to really jump into. <laughs> can we? How, how do we get Whitney... <laughs> to, there are more cat owners in this country than yeah. da, there are more cats yeah right so huge population mm. and i think we need to like give you a moment so you can see past it. you you have to you have to own one or, or parent one mm-hmm. to really see to understand the relationship but With, are they gonna do witchcraft on me of
1: yes. Because I mean, that's but, the thing about cats. They're so smart, and I can tell. I, 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 I think it's really just like, I know you're smarter than me, and I just have no power over you. It's that.
2: It's in, You're right. You have insecurities. when, But it bothers me, too, when they look at me. I feed them. They look at me. They walk off 10 feet, and then they lift their leg up in the end. They start licking you know, their privates as if to say, you know— F you, man.
1: Is that what that is? <laughs> See, I didn't even know that's what that I, Like, I need to learn cat body language so I can learn to uh, communicate with them. But just the the way they, like, come up to you and will say hi and then just be like, I'm good. You're like, like, it's just, it hurts. They hurt my feelings. A cat I've never met hurts my feelings more than someone I'm in a relationship with.
2: Well, I, yeah. There's. there's a, t-
1: you know why? Because if an animal doesn't like you, you suck. Like, animals know. Animals know.
2: They're just, they're tough critics. Yeah. I mean, you just have to be on board with that.
1: But also, is there a way to get just one cat?
2: Yeah, you don't need to start with five. Really? I mean, yeah. The, my, um uh one of my colleagues at work, she has 12 cats and she has like a dedicated small apartment That's for That's what all would happen to me. I, there's no way I could have one. I'd have to get 12. You might love, Whitney, come on. It's, I
1: would love it. I'm sure. My thing is like, I don't want to. Cat, one cat. I want a. You want? A herd. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? A murder of crows? What is it of cats? Yeah. Uh, so she's got twelve cats. Um, let's not say her name because that's illegal. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. When can I catch her episode of Hoarders? <laughs>
2: <laughs> she has. They have their own apartment, which is crazy. And that's she just goes in and visits them and loves on them. And- that's
1: what that because to me, like cats ha- have this like magical quality where I feel like. Like, yeah, I have to get over this because I'm like, well, don't you want to do something else? Like, aren't you bored? Like, they just always seem so bored that I'm like, don't you want a friend? Oh, you a friend. Oh,
2: now you're, you need another. Like, wow. I would just keep. You would you weigh would overthink this. I
1: would just keep trying to make it happy. And I, I feel like I would just be in a constant state of trying to get its approval. Yeah, anxiety. Anxiety.
2: Yeah, well, never mind. I was going to try and get you a cat.
1: Cats are next for me. Okay. I mean, I know that's next because right. my guy is a hardcore cat. Person. He loves
2: cats. Is he? Mm-hmm. Okay. And mm-hmm. there's not one in this house right now. No. You had to think about I it. Didn't, As if there was, well, there was <laughs> I
1: was gonna make a pussy joke, and I was one. like, I'm not going to. <laughs> okay. Uh, Thank <laughs> you for saving me. Is there something for th- 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 that is different between cats and dogs in terms of what they can and can't eat? Sure. Well, and things that that you can go wrong with cats.
2: I mean, that's that is a whole other path. But here here is like a, a little interest interesting tip is. Cats are true carnivores. So we talk about trying to give like legumes or a vegan diet. They wouldn't last long at all. They are hugely dependent on a complete amino acid profile. So they need meat. They need meat. Yeah. Um, Dogs, not so much. They've evolved sort of along the same lines as us and they can eat a mix of foods. But cats, no, cats need meat. And they can survive on pretty much meat alone.
1: Because dogs, like, I mean, for the most part, like, the survival of the friendliest, like, the way that wolves evolved into dogs, the ones that were, you know, the most loyal, um, the ones that were friendly enough to come up and get the scraps from humans were basically evolving to eat some of the shit we eat. But then cats were like, yeah, we don't need you. We've got mice. We've got squirrels. So they didn't evolve in the survival of the friendliest
2: way. Here's the funny thing about cats is they're also... In my mind, this is why they're so fascinating to me. They are the most intense predators. And I'm not talking the big apex animals. I'm talking house cats. These Mm -hmm. things are stone cold ninjas. Ninjas. They're like these amazing athletes. And so going back, here's here's just a small stupid tidbit about history. When Darwin took them to the Galapagos, Mm -hmm. they had a couple cats. That dropped off, you know, came with them, traveled, got dropped off on the island, and, and he- now the turtles
1: are extinct. <laughs> right,
2: <laughs> like more than just a few species are extinct because these cats ravaged <sighs> the island. This island that had never seen a predator, a little tiny predator like this, just ran through the island. They're crazy. These cats. I mean, I mean cats now I can love hunt. cats. I want one right yeah, now. Yeah, right. Like, awesome. They are like the coolest animal. Really, they are. Do
1: they? What, what happened with the the? They just a bunch of species like mice I, and
2: I, gophers and shit. Yeah, a bunch of species just. They endangered, and I think a few even went extinct over time because the cats started to populate, and they breed fast. God,
1: that is so wild. Anytime I go to a friend's house who has cats, I always walk in, and I'm like, okay, I just want—I need to know where they all are. I just don't want them springing out of nowhere, you know? I think it's having, when you have, I just have so much respect for cats and apex predators like that. Like, I do in, like... Oh, now it's respect for, for cats. <sighs> I... Am not ready for a cat, okay. and what's going to make me ready? I just therapy and not taking their behavior personally.
2: Therapy for sure. Yes,
1: I need. I need. It just they're so independent and they have their own lives going on, and I want them to just love I me. I think
2: people. It would be nice if some of your followers write in with why cats mm-hmm. are great. Yes,
1: and I, I. But I know why. No, it's more. What do I need to do to be able to live with an animal?
2: That it, ignores you half the time. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes. Because then I'm like, where is she okay? Is it okay? Is if I, here's the thing about cats. They're like always okay, right? Like you don't have to worry about them the way you have to worry about dogs.
2: And yeah, you, you know, you can leave to work and know the cat's cool. Your dog is tearing up the place. It's got separation anxiety. That's a good point. It's running around. But yeah, cats are they're self-sufficient.
1: That's a really interesting point. You got to love that okay so these are a couple questions that were written in just as I'm still I, there's still a couple a couple more things um I want to say number, number one as I'm looking for questions like just in your career like what is like the weirdest we- thing or the weird something unexpected that we wouldn't know as part of okay. your
2: well I've been doing this a quarter of a century so I came out of school in the late 90s. <clears throat> You're, you're, you're probably going to have too many jokes about this, but let me see if I can get through it. Um, the biggest transformation my profession has gone through is it is by far female dominant. Like I, I now work with all women. And it wasn't like that in the 90s. And it's, it's, it's an evolution that's long overdue because there was a time where women couldn't even get into vet school. right? All vets were men. think 20, 40 years ago, give or take. But now it is completely flipped. In fact, my staff now is 18 ladies and me. I work with 18 girls. It's um, called a cult leader. I have these moments where I feel like I'm in home ec with just a class full of girls. And I don't want to do sometimes. Like I, you know, like I'm 10 years old and, and you do. I, you know, sometimes I feel like a big brother or a father figure. But there are times where I just like want to like. I don't know like go away and disappear. So my colleague, I, real quick, my f- funny story, my colleague. What do you mean have, go away and disappear? Why? Why? Well, I, I'm going to tell you. Oh. The I was having just a stand-up conversation with a colleague of mine, a veterinarian. Um, great doctor, cool gal, and in the middle of having like a professional conversation, she just she grabs her stomach and and starts I'm going to try not to embellish too much, but she grabs mm-hmm. her stomach. And this is just like you and I talking, all of a sudden grabs her stomach oh, and starts making these sounds and then starts like tapping her head <laughs> on the table and kind of moaning. And I didn't, you know, I thought, I asked her, is it, is it your appendix? Are you okay? And, you know, she's doing this for about 30 seconds. Oh, and, and then she says, it's my menstrual cramps. And I just... I didn't know I wanted to I thought I was just going to disappear but with the why table. is that well I don't know what to do there's these moments where you, as a guy I think you're paralyzed grab like, a heating pad I, well alright so
1: you know what you could have done you know the best thing to do in that situation
2: tickler nice.
1: <laughs> finger in the butthole oh, God. <laughs>
2: Well, in that moment, so it's funny, I tried to act as normal as I could, but I've yeah. just never in the moment seen a girl buckle over and say, it's my cramps. And so I, you know, I didn't, I was going to pat her on the back and I didn't, you know, you just want to say and do the right thing. Yeah. So she walks off, like, give me a minute. And two of my other colleagues were standing there mm-hmm. kind of afar, observing the whole thing. And they started chuckling, like laughing. And I was, A lot of times cramps are farts too. Period farts. I didn't I? She probably had to fart. Let me write that down. I didn't know that. <laughs> And I, the girls <laughs> were laughing. talking about that. And I said, "What? What should I have done?" And and one said, "Well, you could have just pat her on the back and comfort her." And the the other one said, um, "You could offer ibuprofen or mydol or something." And so mm-hmm. I thought, "Okay, well, I mean, so it, what is it's borderline sexual harassment? Like no, 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 what, what, what is her what is her
1: what is her job?
2: She's a veterinarian. So yeah, so doc- she
1: can get ibuprofen herself. She knows what to do. Yeah. She's also a doctor.
2: Yeah. No, she was She was great. It was just, yeah. it was me probably yeah. acting awkward in the moment. Yeah. And and they the, the other two observing just saw me wanting to like recede into the night. I mean, again, because you just want to say the right what thing if in the right gu- But
1: what if a guy came in and was like, I have blue balls? You're not going to jerk him off. I don't... <laughs> You know what I'm saying? What
2: you, I, if you're working with, I could just imagine if you're working with 18 dudes and we're over there. That's
1: what, that is what I do. I mean, that has um, been my, that's being a comedian. It's just me and 18 dudes in a hallway.
2: Yeah. I'm replaying this event in my head now. And I would have, what I wanted to do was just go up and like pat her on the back and like kind of, you know, give her a semi hug. Are you okay? Because she was, mm-hmm. she was like leaning over. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, she came back a few minutes later and she was fine. And they all kind of had a, a laugh because still, as long as I've been doing this with yeah. as many women around me yeah. as I've done it, still you have these little weird yeah. awkward moments. But anyway, it, it was fine. I will say this. Can I tell you <coughs> what we have
1: to deal with? Okay. Why? Why? Okay. When all guys sit down for meetings, they go. Oh no. <clears throat> guys will stand up from a meeting and go. I just watched you shake your balls.
2: Did I? I didn't do that when I said that. When guys
1: no one you know, you sit down and guys go, they pull their pants, right? To make room for your balls. So I my entire career had to watch men just uh, do you know what I mean?
2: Yeah. What if what if
1: you're always in scrubs. You probably don't have this. What if
2: in that moment I got I got a bind or something caught up. And I was like, oh, hold on. Would you, what would you do? Would you, do you offer to, let me pull that. Well, I just, I'm just going to ignore it. I'm just, this is not about
1: me. Okay. Something that I do, that I do think is, is helpful for male bosses is in the woman's bathroom, have tampons, not the scented kind, but like there's someone like, if you could just ask somebody that works there that does the running or whatever, like, let's just make sure that the women. We do have. Stucked.
2: Products in yeah. our in our bathroom. That's awesome. In my clinic. That's awesome. Yeah. So I've we've thought that. So through. now
1: you don't need to ask anything because that you've already solved it. It's if there's already because the only thing a woman would need at that point is like, do you need a tampon? Like that's all of like, oh no, I do have to drive and get one or get it from my purse or whatever. So you've already done. It. I've, I've addressed it. You've already done it. That's the coolest thing you could have
2: done. Buy tampons
1: and yeah, but you are gonna be fucked when every woman in there is on the same cycle. You're really you won't want to take five days off of my. And I was ta-
2: I was ta- explaining this to her, this is a real phenomenon, right? Correct. Over yeah. time, your cycles. This- We're witches. You didn't know that? Yeah, it's oh, true. Yeah. Like they start working together. They start sh- their cycles align. So this- if women
1: spend a lot of time together, their menstrual cycles will align. Like I went to college, and uh, uh I went to college. When I was in college, my first roommate, I remember, within like six months, we were just like, we was like this is weird. Like, this is weird. And then moving with someone else, like four months in, it's like my period completely changed to her cycle. It was wild.
2: Do you want me to check in with you like six months from now when all 18 of them?
1: Yeah, I just, I'm just, yeah, let me know if you need anything because I'm worried about you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not worried about, <laughs> I'm not worried it. about you hurting them. I'm worried about them hurting you. <laughs> You, I'm worried about them doing a sacrifice on you in the OR table. <laughs> I'm just worried about them eating you. Have you seen Yellow Jackets? <laughs> I mean, dude.
2: <laughs> I, I, uh, eating me. Um, Girls don't listen to any of this. This is not, <laughs> I love you. A
1: hot take. I don't know if we, I love French Bulldogs. They're very cute. I love Bulldogs. They're very cute. But like you're signing up to have you bet you, if you're doing that, you're signing up for a lifetime of being at the vet all the time and possible emergencies all the time. So you don't then get to complain and be bitchy at the vet if you decide to buy something that is so overbred that it can't breathe.
2: Right. You are signing up for a medical nightmare for. 15 years,
1: which is fine. That's totally fine. Just know that don't then get resentful and pissed that you have to spend $20,000 giving it a new nose because it can't breathe, right. you know? So I think that there's like a couple animals like overbreeding things that are, you know, it's a bigger issue, but I think know the kind of dog you have, understand its ancestry, under- ask other people what it's like, understand what you're in for, you know? And also there's no such thing as hypoallergenic dogs
2: now there's not. So, yeah, do your homework, but people get they get so stuck on s- this in vogue trend. They want certain breeds, they want certain dogs, and then every time 101 Dalmatians comes out, there's a flood of Dalmatians being bred and sold and inbred and it drives me nuts. they have, you know, when they're inbred, they have the worst behavioral issues. Mm-hmm. And then I see them in my shelter. I I see these purebred you know, sorry to say, crazy Dalmatians in come bread, in and a lot yeah. of them don't make it out. They walk in and they never walk out. So you right. You see these trends with certain dogs and right now it's Frenchies. And
1: And you can h- rescue any kind of dog. You might have to wait a couple days but there is no dog on Pet Finder. DM me. Like, I'll take a NyQuil and read every DM you guys send. You know me. Uh, uh, there's no, like, quote unquote, purebred dog you can't find. There's Great Dane rescues. There's Dalmatian rescues. Like, you do not need to buy from a breeder. It's completely unnecessary, and you're just setting yourself up for a life of heartbreak, in my opinion. Uh, also, oh, okay, so the guy that invented the hypoallergenic dog, quote-unquote, uh, put out a statement, or he did an interview with the New York Times, saying it was the biggest regret of his life, the uh, the labradoodley things, Labradoodle creator says the breed is his life's regret. Quote, I opened a Pandora's box and released a Frankenstein monster, said Wally Conran, who developed the mop-headed dog. The inventor of the Labradoodle, the ubiquitous mop-headed designer dog, said that creating the mixed breed was one of his life's regrets. I opened a Pandora's box, released a Frankenstein monster. Uh, I bred the Labradoodle for a blind lady whose husband was allergic to dog hair. Why people are breeding them today, I haven't a clue. I found the biggest majority are either crazy or have a hereditary problem.
2: Hmm. Labradoodles.
1: Labradoodles. They're everywhere here. Because, well, people think that they are hypoallergenic and they don't, but it's not from the fur. It's from the saliva,
2: right? A lot of times. Yeah. Sometimes a dander too. Yeah. But they're, to truly find hypoallergenic, no, it doesn't exist, but they're, you know, that's how they're sold.
1: But it is amazing to me though, that someone, I know so many people that have the hypoallergenic fake labradoodles. Like that's the first article that comes up. Like you didn't even Google labradoodle. You Before know. you got you Google Labradoodle breeder like you didn't scroll down to the New York Times article. It says like it, it like isn't that wild? You no, guys aren't even Googling.
2: <laughs> no, because her friend said they're cool Dog dogs, breeds. and this this is what this is this is my challenge, Whitney. And mm-hmm. as much as I love what I do, I'm competing with you know the neighbors influence mm, and opinion yeah. and we talked about this.
1: this or my mom had this or my sister yeah
2: or doug the pug on instagram mm-hmm. doug the pug right. i love you but you're you're not you shouldn't be giving medical advice
1: i love pugs but their eyes fall out too easily that
2: is random yes <laughs> that's How a where thing. does she get these things? their now? eyeballs
1: will fall out without without thinking twice about it
2: they cough and an eyeball shoots eyeballs out.
1: out just
2: it's <laughs> you're just playing
1: whack-a-mole with their eyeballs the entire I've seen it happen.
2: That's not true. It's ex-
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, have you ever seen a pug get shook by a bigger dog?
2: And the eyeball shoots out? Uh-huh. Have you?
1: Uh-huh. Okay. I had to push it back in. That was it? hmm uh-huh. I put the eyeball just in the butthole to save it uh-huh. so that it would stay warm by the time we got to There's the a met. theme
2: that keeps coming up, <laughs> and I don't know why you...
1: But I do have a family member that sat on a shih tzu and the eyeballs came out. <laughs> Of eye. What is it called? Shallow ocular, shallow eye things? Well, it's
2: it, it's right. And so they have exopthalamus, They have like bulging eyes. Sure. So they. What's what's the term again? What? What did I say? What's the medical term for their bulging eyes?
1: Exothalamus. Exo what?
2: Exop. That's pretty good. X up, <laughs> you're gonna make me. No, screw because it up I was now. just trying
1: to think of because when I had Violet, the uh, uh, really starved Sharpe, she had the entropy where it was when the eyelids Entropion. Entropion, right, mm-hmm. where they flipped inside and mm-hmm. the eyelashes were scraping her eyeballs. and mm-hmm. so it was like a whole night to like hold her eye eyla- like eyelids open for like four days until we got up for
2: surgery. <laughs> you could play like a vet on TV almost. I feel You know like. what?
1: <laughs> I, sh- I would be good at it. I'd be very good at that.
2: You'd be a quick study.
1: Yeah, like I mean, I'm good at bullshitting. No, I I could definitely come off as if I knew what I was saying.
2: I I believe most of what you tell me. I'm probably gonna gonna rethink that. No, for all these years, Wendy, I have believed most of what you have told me.
1: There was no giraffe in Malibu.
2: (laughs) I got it. I got it. Toys R Us. I knew it. Brandon set me
1: up. This is why you're performing in musical No, so I don't, I I just, everyone keeps requesting that I sing ditties and I don't know why. So I just wanted to throw that in there.
3: Everyone keeps requesting that I diddle them. It's the
1: most common request I get. <laughs> and now we're derailed. I just also want you guys to know that Emily showed up for work today with not two, not three, but four Vibrators. Monday.com saves us hours of time so we can focus on creative work like Emily ta- <laughs> bringing in vibrators and we can laugh about things that are actually funny like Emily's stand-up. Unlike endless work processes, it's a work... OS. Oh, it's a work
3: operating system that teams of any size and any industry. Why can would they just write
1: operating system?
3: It's a work OS that teams of any size and any industry can use to build, run, any and industry? Scale all Even of their workflows. Even us, we Whoa. use it. Whoa, we use it. Yeah,
1: it is, by the way, pretty amazing that comedians can figure out how to, And it's not just a bunch of suicide notes, right. it's lists, it's scheduling, it's workflow. So it's basically totally catered to what you guys do. So there's yes. also like a sobriety app on <laughs>
3: There's a dating app. Uh, And it works for small teams, huge teams. It's amazing. It really keeps us on track. With Monday.com Work OS, there's nothing your team can't do. Sign up for your free two-week trial at monday.com slash podcast. Again, sign up for your two-free-week trial at monday.com slash
1: podcast. Here's my pitch for monday.com tagline. Ready? Yeah, let me hear it. Stop letting stuff that matters to you slip through the cracks. (laughs) How was that? (laughs) Really good. (laughs) Hey. You guys can use that. <laughs> I want for every th- every uh, brand. Now I'm going to pitch a tagline. I think that's great. Okay.
3: You know what we're doing? We're thriving.
1: Speak for yourself. <laughs> I was. <laughs> you know what we're doing? Marketing. <laughs> so true. Thrive market. Where were you when I was a kid mm-hmm. inhaling chemicals? While my mom was cleaning my bathtub with (laughs) Clorox and not rinsing it. (laughs) Talk about a diaper rash. You want to know why I interrupt so much? (laughs) I got Clorox in my butt. Yeah, it's called having a tick from the amount of, well, ticks I had on Mm, me as a kid, mm -hmm. but also the amount of chemicals I inhaled. Mm -hmm. Thrive Market. Enter Thrive. Mm -hmm. You can shop everything from healthy pantry essentials and sustainable meat to seafood and non-toxic cleaning and beauty products all delivered right to your door. Can your grocery store do that? Didn't think so, punk. Mm Mm-mm. Join Thrive Market today and get 40% off your first order and a free gift for worth over $50. What? How do you spell Thrive, M? That's T-H-R-I-V-E
3: market.com slash G-F-Y to get 40% off your first order and a free gift worth over $50. That's ThriveMarket.com Market.com slash G-F-Y thrivemarket.com slash G-F-Y and we said it five times because most of you grew up not having it and it ruined your brain cells. You had to say it three
1: times. We said it five times but we think we only said it once. And I can't add. (laughs) Thanks, uh, window cleaner from the early 90s. Thanks, electric blue liquid. Okay, so I'm going to come up with my market.com. Oh, okay. Ready? Go. Market.com. No, No. thrivemarket.com. Thrivemarket.com. Guys, There's easier ways to get high. (laughs) That's so good.
3: (laughs) Wait, are you coming up with these right now? Just on the spot? Damn.
1: I have a weird skill. I have a a tagline skill and a jingle skill that I feel like I've been sitting on. I mean. I feel like that's my main. This is phase two. Talent in life. Back to Kwan Stewart. Sorry, Kwan. Where are you on... uh, birds uh, I saw on your Instagram you've got some birds which I would like to talk about real quick the street vet so this is really the thing that is um, if you guys didn't think he was an amazing person already get ready to fall in love and uh, cry do not resist the urge to send nudes to him in his DMs after I tell you this but um, Dr. Stewart gives uh, free uh, uh, vet care to homeless uh, pets on the weekends
2: on the streets I do yeah yeah, thank you. No, I, and I'm, you're probably going to want to ask me what my, like, most, I don't know, heartwarming moment is since I've been, and I've been doing this about 12 years, but then I'll have my Oprah moment. I'm going to tear up like you did earlier, so I'm not going to do it. Don't ask me. But I have been doing this for quite a while, and it just, it was a side passion. For many years, my own brother didn't even know I was doing it, but I. <laughs> to be able to give back care to people that are actually grateful. You're right. <laughs>
0: Like, yeah. Was it well, a way to a new offset? Concept. Yeah. Well,
2: no. I mean, honestly, going back to the, my, my days of the shelter when I was euthanizing all those pets, I I felt like I was going to go to hell one day. I mean, I just felt like I was doing something wrong despite everything I trained to do something right. So I my way of giving back or my way, I guess, of redeeming myself was going on the streets. I'd find people, unhoused people with pets. And about 25%- Are we not allowed
1: to stay homeless anymore?
2: Well- Right, I guess so. There was a time where it was homeless, but what we say, I guess, out of respect, is people experiencing homelessness or the unhoused. Got it. Okay. Um, so I'd I'd find these folks, and about twenty to twenty five percent of them owned a pet on the streets, mm-hmm. not on the
1: streets. I mean, I mean, women uh, unhoused, mm-hmm. temporary unhoused. Uh, sorry, I'm trying not make a joke. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, I think they call, I call them future boyfriends, but. Uh, Women especially being homeless, having a dog is like one of the best things you can have for protection. Protection,
2: but it's it's love, it's responsibility, it's purpose. I've heard so many times of people that own these pets on the streets. It it's, it saves them, keeps them from their inner demons, like slipping back into substance abuse mm. or you know helps with their depression. So it it's it, it does a lot for them. And 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 I'll be honest with you. So I'll shoot you straight. When I started doing this work. I've I had a lot of my own judgments about homeless folks. I would see a guy, yep. an able-bodied thirty-year-old standing mm-hmm. on a corner panhandling, and my first thought was, "You can work, man. Go get a job." Mm-hmm. And it it kept me from showing. In LA, that, I was probably shy above pretending to be homeless to research a role. The thing that I took away from it, and it took it was my own journey. Is I I would I was judging people I didn't know, and I was writing my own story for them, and I would sort of scan them and say. No, and it would it would hold me back. I've set that aside because I've realized that these people are on the streets for all number any manner of reasons. They grew up with no support. They military met bad decisions, me. bad luck, they just didn't have family to drag them out or support them, a sister, a family member to Abuse, house. Abuse. Yeah. Yeah. Right.
1: Addiction, which well, people still don't understand as being a disease and
2: not a choice. So I don't I don't I don't I don't see that panhandling, able-bodied guy anymore. I see someone who's in a moment and just needs help. In fact, that's what this bracelet says. It says, um, no judgment, just help. And, and I sort of live <laughs> by that. I, I see a person with a pet, and my instinct is to kneel down if I have my supplies. And I'll stop my car if I see somebody, if I have the time, and I'll just jump out. and thanks
1: and right there. The street corner yeah. becomes
2: my clinic. And I'll, I'll do an exam and do what I can. And so, yeah, I that's my side passion. It saved me. It kept me in the profession because, as I said, I was probably going to quit. About seven, eight, eight years ago, and going out and living these stories and meeting these people and being inspired myself, it, it saved me. And I, I was about to, t- I was about to tell you the story of like the time that that got me, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to. I don't. You want me to do
1: it? I'm just. You don't have to. We can cut it out later if you want.
2: All right. Well, um, th- there was a gentleman in San Diego. His name was Mike. And his little companion was a dachshund named Crazy Girl, and he called her Cray Cray. And and Mike was probably a fifty-five-year-old white gentleman, thin, scruffy, but like just a nice, warm smile and a, a very like nice, warm demeanor. I came across him, and everything he owned was in this push cart, and then he had Crazy Girl, and. You know, she was his life. He came from Denver seeking better, better medical care because he had double colon cancer and been trying to survive this. And he said his only reason for getting up in the morning was his little, his mm-hmm. little dog, um, Crazy Girl. And Crazy Girl, when I happened upon her, had recently gone blind. So I looked at her eyes and they were glazed over and she could not see. And this had been going on maybe four weeks. And they were so in tune with one another that he would push the card and just this the the slightest sound of his voice she could hear him and just ah. she would almost walk next to him like she was on a leash she knew him so well they knew each other so well they've been together years and um you know he said i don't know how much longer i have to live and every day i i look at her and it keeps me going um and after i examined her i don't i said i don't know if i can restore her vision i need to get her into the clinic and do a little more and he said i would oh no he said i would um he said, "I would, gl- Doctor Stewart, I'll gladly keep my colon cancer if you can restore her vision." And oh. and so, and he meant it. I mean, that's the thing: is he he loved his dog so much. He, you know, when he said this to me, um, he was being sincere. He just he wanted he wanted everything for her, despite him him being terminal. So, I mean, these are some of the people. I mean, these are these are good people that just need a lifeline at times
1: and the part of like the medicine that dogs provide is like she didn't know he didn't have a whole she that was her you know what i mean they were like dogs don't judge cats might a little dogs don't judge us the way people judge us and dogs i think for me like they taught me like unconditional love like i was like if i could just see myself the way my dog sees me I'll figure this out. You know, I must not be a total piece of shit if this dog thinks I'm this awesome. You know what I mean? Because I respect and love this dog and I know that they have impeccable instincts. So if this dog likes me, like, I must not be that much of a piece of shit. You know, and I think that that's, you know, the medicine that dogs provide for people. And, you know, the story is, I guess, like, triply heartbreaking for me because it's like, it's a man. And, like, one of the wildest things to me is to see a guy you know, whether it's someone I've been in a relationship with or whatever, who's just very, like, tough and, like, you know, never cries, never shows his feelings, can't say I love you, you know, dad never hugged him, and then he sees a dog in the street he's never met, and he's like, I love you, buddy. And you're like, oh, my God, like, like uh, so many people are able to have, develop, or, or be let their guard down, and not have to sort of, like, be tough all the time because of of having an, uh, a dog, you know? I, I don't know how to explain... This, but and I'm not a big like toxic masculinity person, but I do think like so many men have taught you're not allowed to cry, you're not allowed to be vulnerable, you're not allowed, you know, trust no bitch, you're not allowed to like love something or be weak in any moment. And I, when I see a man with a dog, it's like their opportunity to just like it makes me realize, I'm like, oh my god, there's, there's like, we've so acted like men don't have feelings for so long, <laughs> and then you see them with a the dog and you're like, oh my god, that's all in there, and you never get to society said, you're not allowed to have it. Yeah. You know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I see it play out all the time. I saw it play out with Mike and crazy girl. And it's the reason I, I love doing this is when I, I see that bond, not just in the streets, but in the clinic and, Mm -hmm. and it's these relationships that you see between Mm -hmm. these people and their animals. And, you know, here, here's something interesting. If you want to know, you know, I've, I've been asked this a lot in those, those, difficult moments when I have to euthanize a family pet mm. and mom and dad come in together and it's, you know, 15, 18 years with this dog or cat. Um, and this, you talk about, minute, this is why I'm
1: getting into birds. Birds this, live 90 years. Just, saying. just
2: get a turtle. Yeah. I'm just saying. And, and they, the, it's, it's at the moment where it's, you know, I, I'm walking them through it and I take as much time and uh, as I can and answer any questions and if you want to do it in their lap if whatever whatever they need in that moment but but here's the interesting thing when you, when you talk about men and emotions almost invariably the one who breaks down in that moment who's acting tough up until the mm-hmm. moment they go down is the guy and he'll he has arms crossed and not every time he arms crossed and he's mm-hmm. you know kind of looking and mm. you know and the mom is cradling or kissing mm-hmm. and then it's like <sighs> he 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 falls apart like he just and he you can tell he's been holding on so long and he's he's loved this dog so much but
1: it really is like i mean george carlin did that um that bit about like what kind of monster like how masochistic are we that you you get something that you know is gonna die (laughs) like before you die you know what i mean like dogs like it's this wild like Oh God, every time I get a new one, I'm just like, why did I do that? Like hey, in 15 to years, I'm gonna like, and I I plan it all the time. I'm like, I talk to my therapist about it. I was like, Am I allowed to do heroin for just like a couple weeks? You I'll have doctor, I'll be have a doctor there. I've already like th- talked it through there. I'm like, it'll be like two weeks. Uh, I'll just get heroin for like two weeks, and then I'm. I'll, and then we'll slowly see if I can not be on heroin after that. There's a ketamine drip you can do where you go to a doctor's office and they sit with you and do it. So, I, I've, I've, I've got a plan.
2: You, you got this through too hard.
1: I've got a plan. I'm just gonna try to, because you know why? Otherwise, I'll just get fifty tattoos. <laughs> And I can't change my hair any more colors. Like, the things you do when you're grieving an animal that you love so much, you start getting tattoos of, of their faces on your body. You go through a sudden
2: crisis. Not, not in midlife. It's just like a random. I can't random get bangs. I, I, like,
1: I'll get bangs, and that's a whole other nightmare. <laughs> and that'll be a tragedy I'm going to leave the
2: euthanasia thing so we can stop crying. But one last thing. Euth- bu- euthanasia can be a beautiful thing. I mean, to, to pull mm-hmm. or to alleviate a terminal creature's suffering mm-hmm. can be... A moment of healing. Yes. And I, and there are
1: a lot of services now that come to your home. Yeah, you okay, know.
2: right. And I, I've put down my own dogs a few times. Mm-hmm. And it was me and Solomon, my my favorite Doberman of all time. And it was just he and I. And I placed the catheter and did it myself. And it was it was healing. And, and I cried. I, I melted and fell apart. And then.
1: <laughs> Is it safe to say they don't really know? I, I mean, I
2: don't. I don't know. I, it's hard to say. I've wondered, and I've, I've done, obviously I've done this countless times and I go back and forth. I feel like sometimes they know the end is coming because things, they, they sense little differences, obviously, right? How mom's acting, dad's emotional. (laughs) Yes, of course. And so, yeah, probably. They know
1: something. They know something. They're so psychic. Yeah. I've, I've already said this uh, too many times and uh, I'm going to have to, I know I have to let you go at some point. I'm just going to trust that we can do a round two at some point really some, quick
2: yeah you, i know you had some questions or probably some there did, probably like you had a hundred questions I got asked
1: everyone is like
2: about is he single so i'm trying to get some that are serious i think we should maybe do this from time to time where it's just a q a session ig live and i can hit i can bang out you know two or three questions a minute if they're coming at me and give really succinct answers and Right. I don't want everyone to play Google vet. You're and you go down this inevitable rabbit hole mm-hmm. when you're doing this, mm-hmm. where it seems like everything ends in cancer or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Right? You're looking course. at this list of differentials and oh my God, it has this. So yes, we can do that. And the, the other thing is just go see your vet. Yes. Like you you know, people seem to avoid like, I don't want to take them in and I've Google this and you know, I've asked my friend, and I went on, dug the pug on Instagram. No, just just mm-hmm. make an appointment and go yeah. get a consult from your veterinarian. Yeah. And let the professional. Or
1: become homeless so you can get
2: it for free. Well, I... <laughs>
1: Or I, pretend I, you're homeless in L.A. I only got two legs.
2: <laughs> Shia, Doug. Maybe
1: that's what the homeless problem in L.A. is. A bunch of people found out that were doing this, so they just like
2: grabbed a tent and pretended to. Know. It. I hope that's not the case. <laughs> I will say to everybody, there's a caveat to it. I can't, sometimes I'm restricted to give direct medical advice mm-hmm. to a pet I've never examined. So yeah. sometimes the advice is general. Mm-hmm. But sometimes accurate, general information is better than yes. 50 things you read online. So I'm happy to, to field questions. And yeah, you're right, a lot of times it's, it want to give somebody peace of mind. I'll tell you this. A lot of times I'm on the streets examining these unhoused pets. They are remarkably in good health.
1: The animal has a purpose. Like I'm protecting. Like that's what they are bred to do is just be with their person and just protect and comfort them. Yeah. The real problem is that people aren't spaying and neutering their dogs. And all the animals that you had to euthanize would have been eaten by coyotes, hit by cars, or died some other way. When you don't spay and neuter your animals, um that is what ha- that overloads the shelter.
2: Yeah, I've come to peace with that. I was at a, a municipal shelter that cannot turn animals away. That's, That's the like different. the most
1: humane thing you can do when no. you're in that situation. It was
2: tough. I mean, I we, can't imagine. Yeah, that.
1: I can't. I, I can't imagine. I just wanted to say that because I, I see. Thank you. I see like the guilt on your face. Like I just see. I feel the you know, and it's like. I've had to go like, okay, we're not talking about just rescuing animals from shelters because that's just stopping bleeding. That's not like any real fix. So it's like spay and neuter trucks are like something that a lot of rescues are working on that that, those are the ones that I really work hard to because I'm like, that's actually preventing the problem. And we're not just going to run around and be like, I'm a hero. I just saved a lab. It's like, okay, well, there's still 4 million other dogs sitting in shelters that are going to get put down at some point, you know? So um, what is it? 27 million people in America have dogs? Is it that? It might be more because more over the pandemic, I think people got more and it's multiple per home, but there's 4 million in shelters. So it's like, we're really just right. asking, we just need 20, like 5 million to be from breeders. We just need like 4 million people to
2: rescue. It's not like everyone needs to do it. You know, right. that's just how. We can skew the numbers. I look, I don't, the whole breeding thing, and I don't want to get stuck on this. There is a place for responsible breeding. Yes. I, yes. I, I, some people love Golden. Some people love Dobermans. Yes. Some, right
1: and you want and you want to honor these incredible skill sets that these dogs have i mean a malinois is is, just, is a, a it's a ferrari of a dog i mean mm-hmm. it's capable of th- i mean th- these dogs go into wars and they right. solve crimes and they find bombs we still cannot find a machine or make a machine that can smell better than a german shepherd
2: yeah that can sniff out breast cancer for example wild it's crazy. You know?
1: So they're incredible. But if you're, if you are you know, the dogs that are just being overbred to, like, be cute and it's actually harming them and yeah. their their quality of life sucks, that's when you got to go, like, mm, I don't know about this. English bulldogs. English bulldogs. Like, I mean, yeah, my ex had a—it it had to get the palate. It could—first of all, it— <sighs> They say that their breathing is like as if you were to had a, like a straw, tiny straw, tiny straw, and it's mm-hmm. <laughs> and if it overheats. I have a friend who took her do- uh, her uh, English bulldog to the beach, and after seven minutes, it overheated and it died.
2: And did you know that most English bulldogs aren't they're not born normally? They it's all were, cesarean, it's, right? It's, yeah, it's all C-section. That tells you right there. This Frankenstein dog is just. It's, it's just being human manufacturing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So. Yeah, exactly. So it's like the same thing with the micro pigs, the fake mini pigs. There's no such thing as a mini pig. You know, it's like they just starve the pig. So it's like, I don't know. I'd make sure that the breed that you are getting, no matter how cute and the blue. See, everyone wants the blue eyes on the Aussie Shepherds. And it's like, OK, do you have a farm? <laughs> then you should not even entertain the idea of getting this dog. I know people in New York City, they're like, I'm getting this Husky okay do you go on seven mile runs a day like wh- in what world you know what i mean um it drives me nuts
2: i have a request for you yes and you're crazy busy sometimes <laughs> i'll text her she doesn't back you told me once you had like a hundred texts like waiting to be answered on your phone i'm like how does yeah hold on i'm just gonna answer to you right
1: now how do you wait how do you go to
2: your <laughs> this is like mom. look at do you want to see how to many find... texts i have 500, 900? Get out. <laughs> Where is it? Right. Oh, top Probably left. 941? <laughs> You're in there. <laughs> yeah, when I reached out to you like two months ago.
1: Okay. I'm searching.
2: <laughs> no, so I, I do, and I'm serious about this. I want you and i'm going to ask all your peeps to jump on board with this i do i want you to come with me and spend some time in the streets i want you i
1: would love i would to love to feel that. it smell it i would love that
2: we were talking about going on some brief tour where we kind of bounce around <laughs> some places in california
1: well here's the thing and this is the other bigger conversation like i want to, this to make this show this is to me i mean we've talked about it before the TV business is a nightmare. There's always like false starts and you're with the wrong team and then it's not working. You know, the business is changing so much all the time. But I truly believe that things that are supposed to be made that are this magical, sometimes it's a little bit of a, you know, a laborious thing. But you always want to just do it right the mm-hmm. first time. And um, forcing something with the team that's going to fuck it up forever is just make something that's going to be great a toxic slog, you know? You're just in this morass of, like, oh, all these people that you're, like, having to chase. That's not how it should go. And so to me, it was, you know, I, I, am yes, we can do it off camera too, um, but also I just like to hear these stories because, you know, when you ask someone about their life that is in a situation like that, you really um, are able to see, like, the failures of this country and, like, what the results are of it. Or you're able to go, like, Oh, this is this is what domestic violence, this is how it ends, or this is how abusing uh boys ends. Do you know what I'm saying? It's not, you know, so it's like just seeing the or this guy served in Vietnam and there's no place for him to go. Yeah.
2: yeah.
1: This is this is nuts, you know. So I think that like being able to put actual human beings that you get a, an emotional connection to on a TV show where you see that because when you're like going to vote and it's like, the Veterans Fund Act, you're like, I don't know what the fuck that is. But if you see the consequence of somebody that went to serve our country and now is living in a fucking sewer, you know, and relying on someone that's just as kind as you to come give that, like, it's just crazy. then you'll just get fired up in a way because I think people we've gotten so desensitized yeah. because it's just there's too much pain and there's too much horror and the news is just like, like violence porn at this point. It's just like, like trauma, like that, that things like that, we just can't, uh, the root of the problem or just being able to put a face on the problem is just...
2: It overwhelms you when you think, yeah, it's yeah, just right. like, you get paralyzed. Like, what, where do we start? What do we do? But it, it, you have to start somewhere. Yeah. And I mean, I tell you, when I walk Skid Row and I do that often, in fact, this afternoon, we're going to go to Skid Row. And the gratitude, like the humility and the gratitude of these people who have nothing, and would be willing to give me like yeah. a slice of pizza they got for lunch when they have zero and... You come across some of the wealthiest people, you know, in LA and they just recoil when you ask for something or it, you know, it, the greed that's overtaking this country, it, it,
1: it's really, and I think that, I think that, you know, When I think that the key to any kind of change, like, I'm the person that's like, yeah, we need to get rid of zoos because kids see voiceless things being, uh, you know, abused and whatever like that. And like, like putting a television show in there that puts faces to these issues like that to me is going to someone that is 10 is going to see that show and go, I'm going to fix that problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so. This like putting thing, programming things that are going to be in, you know, homes around the country and world where pe- where the next generation of leaders f- figures out their cause because something resonated with them about, you know, something that you did and a, not just the homeless problem, uh, but also all of the things that led to. So no one wants to be homeless.
2: No, no one wants I love you No, honestly, because you it, it's it's not just talk with you. Honestly, when you, I know, you know. No one paid me to say this. <laughs> we have connected because you think it through um, and you have compassion and you you want to execute. And there's a lot of people in your position that just wouldn't do that. I worked in LA for many years on film sets. I've met many celebrities. And you you stand out for, for reasons that others don't.
1: Thank you. And my whole thing is, well, it's just kind of, in a, I'm so solution-oriented. I do not see any, and I think that when you grow up around a lot of animals, uh, and there's a lot of crises happening. So when I lived in Virginia, there were 10 horses, 15 dogs, endless number of cats. And people would just stop. My aunt Kathy just would take shit. My aunt, would just take uh, uh, any dog in, you know? She was uh, she would go to the grocery store, she'd come back with three dogs in the back of the truck, you know? And people would um, uh, take their sick dogs or dogs that they didn't want anymore and just tie them to the tree in front of her house so you'd wake up and there'd just be a new dog, you know? Basset hounds, greyhounds, I mean, it was just every dog you can imagine. And, uh... And when there's horses around and that kind of those kind of dogs, and it's like the fence was, you know, was an old fence that broke a lot, and horses got out. Like you don't have time to talk about the problem; you just have to solve the problem. So for me, the idea of talking about a problem is just—it's so masturbatory. I'm like, great, what are we gonna do about it? You know what I mean? Are we gonna make the show? Are we make the thing? Like, I, I, because so many people just love to talk about problems. Like it's there. It's I just I it makes me nuts. Like I remember. I'm not going to say that because it's going to get political but um so yeah for me i'm like in the amount of time we've talked about this we could have just actually done something about it and it's probably just i'm so impatient and i get bored so easily <laughs> but then also to me i have a i have to finish something like i have my dad like instilled in me you never start something without finishing it like that is a that is like the key to integrity is if you say you're going to do something you do it and you don't want credit for it, and you do it in silence, and it's not, you don't do it so that you get credit for doing it. So the idea is you do it and you don't tell anybody about it, you know? And that was his whole thing. And I see, and maybe it's just like the, as a comedian, I'm like an observational brain. Like I always have to look at big picture stuff. And this is something I have brought up to you, and it might be a next time conversation because it's a big one of sort of because of the embarrassing and gross history of this country and slavery, I see a lot. Of black people that are robbed the therapeutic benefits of dogs because of the ancestral trauma of dogs hunting them
2: in the south yeah,
1: in the south and then the unfortunate you know the the you know stereotype of of uh you know dog fighting there's you know i mean miss pat says she's like i grew up around dog fighting i'm fucking scared of dogs you know it's like you Mm -hmm. saw which is something that you know uh people that are not able to um you know, get any kind of leg up in any way, have to resort to cockfighting. But I mean, I'm the first person to say in Africa. Yeah, I hate that they poach elephants in Africa. I hate it. Yeah, the people that are doing it don't want to do it either. They're doing it to feed their kids. So yes. it's like it's it's no one wants to, unless you're just like a psychopath and you're just like jerking off on a dead elephant. I, that's not the same thing, you know. So I think it's like when you look at the history of. uh Dogs. And also, I, I just don't know enough about it with, with um, uh, you know, maybe people coming in from Mexico. I don't know if they're—I I just don't know enough about that. But, you know, that is such a uncomfortable thing to bring up, yeah. and we've talked about it before, but it is, number one, protection. Like, I think of all these—it drives me nuts when I think about just, like, you know— being black it's dangerous to be black and just walk around i'm like why doesn't you need a dog like i i want every black person that's walking to their car at night to just like have a dog you know what i mean like like being robbed of the protection of a dog and then the therapeutic benefits you know from having them like overall
2: you our know? dad so our dad is multi-generational south from the south of louisiana uh-huh. um, we grew up in new mexico he was one of the first black recruits to the university of new mexico to play football He went on to play for the pros, for for the Rams, shortly. In fact, I was born in LA when he was, I think his mom tells it, he was off playing a game when I was born. He was, he's seven years younger than me. So he's like, I don't know. I wasn't around. But um, yeah, so, but my dad, as much of an animal lover as I am, my dad was never a dog person. It it was, it was my mom sort of, the kids need it, Quan wants it. Mm -hmm. I, I love dogs. So my dad wasn't totally against dogs, but to your point, it just was never part of his history. They didn't
1: it just, it's just, it's so recent that they were hunting black people. It was just, it's just recent. I mean, you know, and like, you know, and what's, you know, passed down from the ancestral trauma or just from, you know, and so, I mean, even in the 60s, like the police were training dogs to attack black people. Like, you know, so you look at those, those photos where they're like hosing people down and the dogs are going after them. It's like, you know, and and it's an awkward thing to bring up and it sounds like a stereotype or whatever, but, you know, I just remember one time, you know, I was dating a, This guy who is black and he came into my house and he played NFL football. Like he's a very um, could defend himself kind of person. Um, And I had my little like puppy was like six months old and like ran up to him and he like jumped on the table. And I was like, how are you scared of that? And he was like, yeah, my ancestors were hunted by dogs. (laughs) Like it's it's you know, it's it's just
2: baked into the blood. Yeah,
1: it was like so it might just be I'm not saying it. It, it's not just this person, but like, it was something that I asked, like, can I please hear more about this, yeah. you know, so I can understand because the psychological benefits of being able to have a dog or a cat like are proven, um, you know, you sleep better, you can have a routine, you have something that, that like to be robbed of unconditional love today because of that disgraceful past, like just it makes me nuts. And I do not know what to do about it. I just keep bringing it up.
2: And the other thing I was going to touch on is Going back to, to to blacks in my profession, it it doesn't even register on the census. There, I mean, do you know of any? Can you think of any black veterinarians?
1: I knew one black veterinarian who was down here uh, at the uh, closest vet to me, and he came out and uh, like went inside, started talking about the dogs, and I was like, oh, so where? I've, like, I've never met you before. Like, are you? Did you just start working here? And he goes, yeah, I moved here because my uh, wife had a job here. But we're going to move back to New Jersey next month. I was like, oh, no, why? And he goes, because L.A. people are crazy. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I'm sick of, like, white women yelling at me to, like, to clone their dogs. (laughs) He was just like, so I do think... If there are more black vets, they're not putting up with LA idiots. They're shit. probably going somewhere
0: So that's fine. I mean,
2: they can go anywhere and work. But but, yes, but the answer is no. But if there were more black veterinarians, maybe mm-hmm. more people of color would identify with the people giving their pets care.
1: Interesting. Um, yeah.
2: I was I was running a, a track meet, and I was sort of a standout athlete, um, oh. and a back in the day. Was, yeah, yeah. It was two generations ago. <laughs> but I, the, a, a, a coach came up to me at the end of the track meet and said, "You have a lot of talent. Like, what? What do you?" Where do you plan on taking that? Or what do you want to do? And I said, I'm gonna be a veterinarian. You know, all starry-eyed. And I was probably six, I'm gonna be a veterinarian. And he said to me, Oh, and he kind of chuckled, I've never, I've never met a black vet before. That was his response to me. And
1: I've never met a racist coach before. I'm a child.
2: And I said, Well, I'm gonna be the first. What was interesting about this is you're picturing a white coach. The coach was black. Whoa! So maybe in some ways.
1: Oh well, then I, that's I, well. Okay. He's been
2: indoctrinated, or his he thought he could only take one path or one lane that blacks were athletes. And I, reflecting back on that moment, I, I, now I feel sorry for him. Like someone probably told him the same thing. Like you're you're just made to be a coach or an athlete, or this is what blacks in America do. It's entertainment or sports or and so. You know, in that moment, it was almost like he was just passing on what he knew, which is sad. Now I think back on that moment, I, it, it's saddening to me.
1: Yeah, like that was never on the table.
2: Right, that it was, was never an option. option.
1: Yeah, so, you know.
2: Yeah, so I don't think he was trying. Well,
1: I've to... never seen a, a white gold medal sprinter.
2: <laughs> I, I should. Have, yeah, not, I don't think that's it's on that their the table go. either. <laughs> I'll see you, your just dog, Just speaking in of like self-limiting
1: beliefs, but. Oh wow, that's fascinating. Uh, I forgot my train of thought because I was like, you probably shouldn't make that joke, and I shouldn't have. Well, okay. I think
2: more. I just want to see more people of color in my profession. You know, that'd be nice. So yes, 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 yes. yes. If that's if that's not going to happen overnight, but yeah. if. If you if that's something you want to do, there should be some sort of pathway Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for you. I love how we cover. Have we covered every single topic or issue?
1: This is wild. I mean, we're now we have to stop because this is this is now we're just hanging out because I just miss you and I love you and I I'll I'll talk to you forever. Um, I love you and um, uh, the street vet Instagram. Follow. We will announce shortly when we're going to be doing like a twenty-minute a week IG live, so you guys can ask questions. You know, save them up, be prepared. It'll give you time each week to you know not just hop on and like you know say crazy shit and uh, don't ride elephants. We love you.